Dunn here as we continue our series on Haggai and the house. And today I'm coming to you from my house, from my ensuite to be exact. And you may be thinking, why is Phil preaching from his ensuite? Well, there's actually there's some parallels between the my ensuite and where we find ourselves at the start of the book of Haggai. See, at the book of Haggai, they have laid the foundations for the temple, but then they've stalled. They've stopped building. It's just stayed there for 16 years with nothing more going on. And you see, for my shower, in my ensuite, I have laid my shower tray. I'm very pleased with myself for how I did my shower tray. I had to level it up, I had to put some foam underneath it, and very pleased with that, put some silicon along top. Uh, but what happened is I've now stalled. Things have stalled. It's been several days of absolutely no progress whatsoever. A little bit like the temple had stalled. And, um, and God wasn't pleased that the temple had um, stalled. In Haggai chapter 1 verse 3 and 4 he says this, Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your panelled houses while this house remains a ruin? You see, God wasn't pleased that the people had stopped building his house. They were, they were prioritising their own houses over his. And today... The message I have is about obedience. In the case of Haggai and the people of Israel, it's obedience to God's call to rebuild the temple. And in my case, it's about obedience to my wife and kids about rebuilding my shower so we can shower in my shower and not use the girl's shower. I'm getting, hey dad! When are you going to stop using our shower? And, and so, yeah, I'm not the most popular person because of the stall program project at the moment. But, uh, yeah, let's look at some more obedience. So I've got into a little bit of trouble, you see. Um, my wife, Deborah, she asked me what my plans are for the weekend. And I said, well, Saturday morning, I'm going to go for a bike ride because that's what you do on Saturday morning. I do it more or less every Saturday morning. And then... Uh, and they'll say, oh, I've got some friends I want to catch up with. I'll, well, I'll, hopefully I'll catch up with them. And then Sunday morning is a bike race. So, yeah, I'll, I'll go racing my bike. And then Sunday afternoon, we've got our table group. So, um, but hey, I'll tell you what, we could probably go out to a cafe or do something like that together. Um, that was the wrong answer. Um, the answer that I should have given is that I'm going to work on the bathroom and get the shower ready. And my wife, to that, she wasn't particularly happy with that reply, and she, she told me that my priorities were all wrong, um, that I prioritised my bike over my bathroom. And she's right, you know, I love riding my bike, and um, it's good for your fitness, and oh, there's so many reasons to ride your bike. Um, the body is a temple for the Holy Spirit. It's good to keep your body in shape. So, so yeah, I do. She's right. I do prioritise riding my bike over doing a bathroom. The Israelites in Haggai's day, they had other priorities too. And in their case, their priorities were all wrong. It says in chapter 1 that, is it right for you guys to be living in panelled houses while my house remains a ruin, says God. So in their case, they had wrong priorities and that prevented them doing the things that God had told them to do. And 
in our life also. We can have our priorities wrong and we cannot do the things of God simply because we've got wrong priorities. So now would be a really good time to pause the video and have a discussion with those people you're with or have a pray and consider if you're by yourself. And I want you to look at 1 Haggai verse 4 which says this, Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in panelled houses while this house remains a ruin? Now, Think about it as it was written to the Hebrew people at the time, the people of Israel. But also I want you to consider, what if that was written to me today? What would it say? Um, for example, um, it might be that God would be saying, Hey Phil, why are you riding your bicycle when you haven't spent any time with your family today? Or it might be, why are you watching TV if you hadn't? read the word of God today, haven't spent any time with me. It could be anything like that, but I want you to prayfully consider what God might be saying to you that you need to do today in order to have your priorities right before him and before the people you're around. So yeah, pause the video now and have a discussion around that. It is a priority of mine to do my bathroom. Um, it's just, today's just not a great day for it. Um, you see, yeah, it's just not the right time for me to do it. You see, what I'm doing today is I'm doing something called procrastination, where I, there's something important that I need to do, but instead, I'm doing something else. And you know that the people of Israel were also procrastinating when it comes to rebuilding the temple. Um, we read verse 2 of chapter 1 and the, it says this, The Lord Almighty says, These people say, now is not the time. So they were saying, yeah, we know it's important, but it's just not the right day. They were procrastinating. And you know that procrastination is another reason why we may not be doing the things that God's calling us to do. Um, so yeah, well, but yeah, I'll tell you what, it's a lovely day to be procrastinating out on my boat though. Um, just enjoyed a, a lovely swim in the hot pools. You see, there's no great rush to finish my shower. Um, yeah, I'll get round to it one day, but you see, I've got another option. You see, we've got two showers in the house, and I can have a shower in the girl shower, which is just in here, and I need a shower because I've been working all day. Hey, how long are you going to be? I'm washing my hair. Oh, she's, she's washing her hair. That means she's going to be in there for half an hour. It doesn't take me half an hour to wash my hair. Anyway, so as you can see, what has happened is I've settled for less than ideal. And as you can see, if you read that verse 4, which says, Is it right for you to be living in panelled houses while my house remains a, a ruin? You can see that the Israelites, they had also settled for less than ideal, less than what God has. You see, if I'd finished my shower, I'd have a nice big shower all to myself rather than to having to share it. So as my daughter is in the shower washing her hair for the next half hour or so, I can't have a shower. So what I've done, I've come out to my old shower. This is the shower that used to be in my ensuite and I can be here well look 
I've got a shower, it's right here. And sometimes we actually settle for things that don't even work, that they're not even a thing. I mean, yes, this used to be a shower, but it's not a shower now. There's no point me hanging on to this and saying I have a shower, an ensuite shower, because it's just rubbish. So, you know, it's important that we don't settle for less than what God has given to us. And in the Bible, in Genesis chapter 11, we read the story of Tehran. Now, Tehran was Abraham's father, and it says that he sets off with his family from Ur and the Chaldeans, to go to Canaan, to, to go from the place where they were into the promised land. But it then says that Tehran settled in Haran, which is halfway. So he got halfway to the promised land and he settled there. He never got to the promise that God had for him. Yes, his son Abraham did. He picked up from where his father left off, but Tehran never got to that promised land. And that's because he settled halfway. So it's important that we don't settle halfway. When God tells you to do something, what else might prevent you from doing something? Well, in the case of my bathroom, the next step I have to do is attach this shower liner to the wall. And I've got to drill a hole here, and I've got to drill a hole here. And I'm really, really afraid that I'm going to stuff it up. And you see, fear can actually be something that can stop you from going on and doing the things that God is calling you to do. And in fact, if we read in Ezra, which is also about rebuilding the temple, uh, that's, uh, there's a few books in the Bible around that time. Ezra's one, um, Haggai's one, um, Zechariah is another. And in the book of Ezra, which was also about the rebuilding of a temple and written around the same time as Haggai, it says this, Then the people around them set out to discourage the people of Judah and make them afraid to go on building. And because of that, it ends up they end up stalling their project for 16 years because they were afraid. And so, but what does God say about fear? Well, you know, if God has told you to do something, we need to do it. And he says this in Isaiah 41.10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So if God is instructed to do for you to do something, there is no need to fear because he says that he will be with you. So yeah, fear is not a good enough reason to go to not do the things that God has told you to do. Just like fear is not a good enough reason to stop me doing this. I'm going to measure it very carefully, um, but I'm going to do it. And I know God's going to be with me and I'm hoping that my shower will be good. And if not, I guess I'll call in the professionals to do it. But hey, do not let fear stop you doing what God has called you to do. So my daughter has finished in the shower now, so I can use her, her shower. It's quite cramped, it's quite little in here. 
So it's, it's not ideal, but hey, while I'm having a shower, uh, maybe it would be a good time to pause the video and discuss what we've talked about so far and discuss, hey, what's the most likely thing to hold you back from doing what God's called you to do? Is it that your priorities are wrong? Is it that you're just very good at procrastinating? Is it that you have just settled for less than what God has for you? Or is it that you're scared? Is it that you're fearful? So pause the video now and have a discussion about what thing is most likely to be keeping you from doing what God's called you to do. So I'm in the dog box. Hey Zoe. You see, I was supposed to do my bathroom, but instead of doing my bathroom, what I've done is I've prioritised riding my bike over top of it. I've also procrastinated. I've settled for using the girls' bathroom instead. And I've also been a bit afraid that I'll, I'll get it wrong. So as a result, here I am in the dog box. And you know what? The, the people of Israel, they weren't building the temple as they were supposed to. And they also ended up in the metaphorical dog box as well. It says in Haggai 1 verse 9, You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why, declares the Lord Almighty, because my house, which remains a ruin, while each of you is busy with your own house, Therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew and the earth its crops. I called for a drought on the fields and the mountains, on the grain, the new wine, the olive oil, and everything else the ground produces, on people and livestock, and all the labor of your hands. So what it's saying is because the people weren't being obedient to God, um, God's blessing has been withheld, um, you know, and because God's blessing wasn't over them, they were laboring much, but they were getting nothing in return. You see, they weren't putting God's things and the things of God as a priority. Oh, that's looking pretty good. One more to go. Yay. <laughs> So, as you can see, I have obeyed my family and we've made some progress. I've, I've got the liner up, I've got the, the glass walls up, I've got this, this hanging thing to put the door on. So, I, I've, I've started, I made a good start. In fact, I think I'm well over halfway there. Just like I've listened to my family and I've worked on the shower, do you know that the people of Israel also listen to the words that Haggai had to say, and they obeyed him. Uh, if we look at Haggai 1 verse 12, it says this, Then Zerubbabel, son of Shetiel, Joshua, son of Zodiac, the high priest, and the whole remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the message of the prophet, prophet Haggai, because the Lord their God had sent him. And the people feared the Lord. So the people feared God, they, they, which means they've had a holy respect and reverence for them. And because of that, they're like, wow, God has told us to do something. We better do it. And in fact, 
you know that Haggai is pretty much a very unique book in the Old Testament because it's about one of the only books where the people get a word from God and they obey it. We just need to look at, well, basically any other book in the Old Testament. But let's start at the beginning. Adam and Eve, God says, right back in Genesis chapter 2, the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from that, you will certainly die. And guess what Adam and Eve done? Well, they ate from that tree, and they're no longer with us because they died. They disobeyed God. Or Jonah, which is only a few books back from Haggai, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. So here, Jonah has a word from God and he disobeys, doesn't do it, doesn't go well, ends up getting swallowed for a fish, and eventually he goes and does it. But not so with the book of Haggai. The book of Haggai, God has a word for them. And they say, you know, we fear God. We will go and do it. So, but you know, I've been working on the shower, and it's not been easy. I made a little bit of a mistake in that I went and I got a cheap shower and so the instructions aren't in English. In fact, they're not in any language. They've just got pictures and nowhere, no think else. I'm trying to interpret them. Um, and not great quality control. There's a hole in here which I had to redraw because they got it in the wrong place. So it's been a difficult um, process putting it up. I wish I'd spend a bit more money and got one that was easier to install. But Hey, getting there, and while it's been difficult, I've had help. You see, my family, they've been asking me, Dad or Phil, can you can you do the shower? And they've been helping me. And you know, it's the same with God. Um, in the book of um, Haggai, he's told them, he's asked them to rebuild the temple, and he says this to them. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave this message to the Lord's people. I am with you, declares the Lord. That's found in chapter 1, verse 13. You know, if God is asking you to do something, he will be with you. He will help you on the way. And look, it may not be easy, the things that he's asking us to do. Just like installing a shower hasn't been easy, but he will be with us. So as you can see, my shower is now finished. Means that no longer are we having to share a little shower in the other room, but in fact, you know, we, me and Deborah have this big shower all to ourselves, which is great. And so I'm no longer in the dog box and I'm getting to enjoy the blessing of a new shower. The people of Israel in Haggai's day they obeyed God. They thought, actually, it's not right that we're living in our houses and we've left what we sought out to do as a ruin. So let's complete the temple. Let's build the temple. So they started work on the temple. 
God says this to them through the prophet Haggai. Now consider from this day forward, from the 24th day of the ninth month, from the day that the foundations of the temple was laid, consider it, is there still seed in the barn? As yet the vine, the fig tree and the pomegranate and the olive tree have not yielded fruit. But from this day I will bless you. You see, the temple hadn't been finished yet. It was still a work in progress. Yet, because they had set their hand to doing the thing that God had called them to do, God was going to bless them from this day on. And if we look at the date that's written, well, the first prophecy um, was written in August. And this one was written in December. And if you know anything about December in Israel, it's cold then, it's winter. And winter's not normally the time you get a harvest. It's, it's a time where you've, you've got to store up to get yourself through the winter. Yet God says, from this day forward, I will bless you. And I believe there's people who are watching this message or listening to this win message and you feel like you're in the winter. You feel like there's no fruit being born in your life. Yet God wants to bless you. Um, I pray that today that as you obey, if you listen to the words of God and as you seek to do the things that God is calling you to do, God is going to bless you. That even if it's a winter season in your life, you'll still receive the blessing of God as you go and seek to serve and obey him. So the people of Haggai's day discovered this interesting paradox you find in the kingdom of God. And that is, if you seek after your own things, you, you seek after yourself, then you never have enough. But if you seek after the things of God, then he provides everything you need. And we see that happening in Haggai, but I just now want to point to Jesus and point to some of the words that he says. And if we read Matthew 6, verse 31 to 33, Jesus tells us this, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So you see this happening with the book of Haggai. The people sought after their own ways and they never had enough. But then they obeyed God. They started to rebuild that temple and then they had enough. God miraculously provided for them. He provided everything they needed. And look, there's a reason I finished by reading well, what Jesus said, because through Jesus Christ, we have that relationship with God. Maybe you're watching this and you think, well, I don't know what God's telling me to do. I don't know what God's saying because you don't have that relationship with God. So I want you to know that it is through Jesus Christ that you can have a relationship with God because of what Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross. And look, if you don't, if you want to explore more about how can I have a relationship with Jesus, how can I know the living God, how can I obey God, 
then look, please contact us here at the church and we would love to have that conversation with you. But let me just say, it begins with a prayer. It just begins by asking Jesus to come into your life. Hey, look, I want to pray for you now. Lord, I thank you for everyone watching. I pray that they would be filled with the fullness of God. They would know your voice and be obedient to what you are telling them to do. And I pray that you would reveal yourself to them more and more. Um, that, Lord, if anyone here is in a winter season, Lord God, that you would provide for them in that winter season. Um, that they would know your abundant provision over their life. In Jesus' mighty and wonderful name, amen. Hey guys, thank you so much for watching. Um, look forward to catching you next time. In Jesus' name. Okay, therefore, so, yes. Are you done? Yeah. <laughs>